0: Like many others, I drifted into the wine trade. A part-time job in a wine shop led to a full-time one with a small distributor. That set the stage for serious employment with a major London wine importer. Thanks to the firm's standing, I was able to attend the weekly lectures and tastings conducted by trade luminaries in the panelled hall of the Vintners Company, one of London's medieval livery companies. There, along with my peers from other import houses... I was taught the basics of wine. Since then, formal wine trade education in England has evolved, starting with diploma courses and leading to the status of Master of Wine. But in the 1950s, the series of twelve lecture tastings every spring at Vintners Hall was devised to cover, over a three-year cycle, most of the wines and most of the challenges we were likely to face in our professional lives. We were expected to read whatever was available, of course. And to take advantage of every opportunity that arose for tasting among ourselves. At the end of each series, there was a competitive exam, and the three top scoring candidates were awarded travel stipends, allowing them to spend time the following fall in an informal work study program with a producer in one of the wine regions covered the previous spring. I was fortunate enough to make the cut in each of my three years and was able to spend time working with respected vintners, first in Spain and subsequently in France and Germany. The time I spent in their cellars and vineyards was an appropriate introduction to a life I've spent largely in the company of wine growers. From the start, I realized how much depended on where they lived. It was manifest in everything from the food they ate to the wine they produced, and how they interacted with each other. Their wines, especially based on those vine varieties historically adapted to their local conditions, and shaped by tradition and custom, were part of their identity and an expression of their land. Inevitably, I came to associate any wine I met with a specific place and a particular slant of history. I learned to perceive more than could be deduced from an analysis of the physical elements in the glass. For me, an important part of the pleasure of wine is its reflection of the total environment that produced it. If I find in a wine no hint of where it was grown— no mark of the summer when the fruit ripened, and no indication of the usages common among those who made it, I'm frustrated and disappointed. Because that is what a good, honest wine should offer. It is not just a commodity, subjected to techniques to boost this or that element to meet the current concept of a marketable product. When Jane Monton, then editor-in-chief of Gourmet magazine, first asked me to write an occasional wine column, the start of what became monthly essays she left me to work out for myself what i would write about not surprisingly i soon found that i was writing about wine as i experienced it even though at the time it placed me at odds with the way many others approached the subject the early 1970s was a period when interest in wine in the united states was just emerging and many california winemakers were sent around the country to talk about the wines they were making they explained the wine as they themselves had been taught, in terms of its physical components. Soon there were popular consumer classes in organoleptic analysis, teaching potential consumers how to identify the acidity, the alcohol, and the tannins in the wines they tasted. No one told them that a wine was no more made to be picked apart in that way than a picture was painted to be broken down into percentages of red, yellow, and blue. Few bothered to explain that, just as with a picture— we first allow ourselves a general impression. We taste a wine, we react to the whole. Then, what we know of the wine's origin and context will expand the experience. The more we know, the deeper our appreciation and pleasure. In everyday life, of course, it's not quite as simple as that. We are distracted by conversation round the dinner table, by the food, perhaps by the occasion. A wine unfolds and reveals itself gradually at first allowing us only glimpses of the vineyard in the glass. How many times have we tasted a wine when first poured and thought, that's nice, before resuming our conversation or continuing to eat? Then, two or three sips later, we find ourselves thinking, this is really good. And that's when we begin to wonder about it, and ask ourselves why it is as it is.